Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, on Independence Day, it is entirely appropriate that we salute the men and women who protect our country and the freedoms we celebrate this holiday, a United States military force that looks a lot like the United States. Also this morning, the return to pre-pandemic eligibility rules for Medicaid and CHIP coverage could force many Ohioans off those programs soon, and the clock is ticking on alternative options for health care coverage. We have a recap of the people, places, and things that most captured our attention in the month of June from the search trends experts at Google. And a fun collection of recipes for your 4th of July cookout or backyard campfire from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, June 30th, 2023. We're going to uh, pull out all the uh, stops uh, on the All America stuff uh, today because uh, it is our final show before the holiday. We're going to be off all next week, as a matter of fact, for the 4th of July and a little extra R&R. So taking the week off next week, so we're going to cram all of the Independence Day stuff into today's show. And here is, I think, a perfect All American type story because... This story is a perfect example of American ingenuity, um, the American spirit of taking something that we really don't know what to do with, that might be somewhat dangerous, and turning it into something that will benefit humanity. Um, (laughs) This is a guy from California. His name is Roger Anderson, 54 years old. And he has come up with a way to use artificial intelligence to turn the tables on telemarketers. <laughs> now, all of the stories about uh, artificial intelligence, the potential dangers, the risks of this, uh, the questions about what do we really do with it? I mean, here it is. It's incredible technology, but what do we really do with it and what's appropriate and what's proper and so on and so forth? And so Mr. Anderson uh, decided to deploy AI um, and audio cloning in order to keep the scammers, the telemarketers, talking in circles. And uh, he's he's created this company. It's called the Jolly Roger Telephone Company. Um, According to a video that he posted about his system, when you get a call say about your car's extended warranty. We're calling about your car's extended warranty. You can patch in the caller with the AI chatbot who will take care of the rest. <laughs> will will needlessly and realistically distract, distract the scammers that are hungry for financial information and other personal info and so on. Uh, they have various voices uh, various personalities. Salty Sally is not afraid using profanity. Uh, enthusiastic Debbie Doldrums. Uh, the gruff Bloody Billy. Uh, when the AI gets a sniff of what the caller wants, it can generate a realistic but intentionally futile conversation with <laughs> the guy on the other end of the line, the guy or gal on the other end of the line. His program even includes a summon a pirate feature that makes things simpler to use uh, on mobile phones. It also gives you a call log so you can happily listen to the AI voice frustrating the telemarketer afterward for a few laughs. Um, And best of all, it can be yours 
for just $1.99 a month. <laughs> now that is some American ingenuity and uh, capitalism at work right there. <laughs> That's just all kinds of awesome. Uh, <laughs> Um, and it is very timely. There is a, a new poll. I saw this uh, commissioned by the software company Medeus finds that 48% of Americans have received scam emails. 47% have experienced spam phone calls. 44% have been targeted via text. Um, this is a poll of 2,000 Americans. 64% say they don't know how they would report these scams, and 71% believe believe that even if they did report these crimes, nothing would be done about it. Although 81% want to see these white-collar criminals, scammers, punished in some way for those crimes. So here's here's a really clever way of punishing them (laughs) for bothering you with their scam calls. I love it. Uh, that is, that's America right there. Take, take a problem, uh, take a, a, something like AI that we've got that we're not really sure what all we can do with, and put those two things together and make some money right there. That's, that's how you do it. So big news uh, today. The Supreme Court has three more cases uh, to be decided. The uh, one about uh, LGBTQ um, uh, rights, it it's a case uh, brought by a web des- web designer in Colorado who argued that she has a First Amendment right to refuse to di- design websites for same-sex weddings. There is a law, an anti-discrimination law in Colorado that makes that illegal, so she is challenging that in the high court. So that um, protections for LGBTQ people uh, is one case. And then there are two cases involving the president's student loan forgiveness plan, including Uh, One of those is a group of students that are suing uh, to vacate the program because they don't qualify for relief, (laughs) which, again, is a very American thing to do. It's a very Karen thing to do. I don't qualify, so nobody should get relief. That's a little bit like saying everybody's scrambling to get off the Titanic, but hey, we don't have enough uh, lifeboats for everyone to get on the ship, so everybody is going to die. You know, nobody's getting off the ship because we don't have enough for everybody. Nobody can get a... I don't understand that. What about... It, this is the question that I have. And this, however you feel about these uh, president's student loan forgiveness program, uh, I'm not defending that so much as this lawsuit doesn't make any sense uh, because if you can sue someone simply because you don't qualify for something, what about, uh, what about all the people who win scholarships that you don't qualify for? Do you sue all of those people because somebody got a scholarship and you didn't? I mean, come on. So we'll see how those go. Those have to be uh, announced today because the final day uh, before the uh, Supreme Court adjourns uh, for this uh, session. So there's that. couple of three, in fact, uh, NFL players have been suspended for gambling. Do you hear about this? Cornerback uh, Isaiah Rogers, defensive end Rashad Berry, and defensive lineman Demetrius Taylor all were found to have bet, have wagered on NFL games last season. So they are now indefinitely suspended. They can petition the league to be reinstated after this season ends. And that was the big issue and the big worry about embracing gambling by all of these uh, sports leagues is would the temptation be 
too much for the players to resist. So we'll see if that grows into a bigger problem, but kind of interesting there. DoorDash has revamped its app to include more options for those paying with SNAP benefits, uh, EBT cards. The app update will allow users to pay using SNAP for orders at over 4,000 locations, including Aldi and Meyer stores, and those who sign up and link their SNAP slash EBT payment information will get two months of uh, free DoorDash membership. So there's that. Kind of interesting. Uh, by the way, speaking of... Uh, food and such this was kind of interesting story that i saw on the uh, newswire the world health organization is set to declare that a commonly used artificial sweetener uh is a possible cancer causing substance a possible carcinogen the world health organization expected to make that declaration according to reuters uh aspartame is used in a variety of products including diet coke uh, some Snapple drinks, extra chewing gum. Uh, the artificial sweetener will be listed as possibly carcinogenic, carcinogenic to humans, a possible, possible carcinogen to humans next month by the World Health Organization's Cancer Research Agency. Uh, as, uh, as part of me, brand names, because you can buy this as a, an artificial sweetener, it is sold under the names NutraSweet, Equal, and Sugar Twin, among others. So, kind of interesting. Something else that's going to kill us. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Speaking of food, and with the 4th of July holiday right around the corner, we were talking yesterday about how much your 4th of July barbecue is going to cost you. A recent study published on the Food Beast website has found that the average American will spend 71% more on groceries this year compared to last. The annual average spent on groceries is expected to increase to $3,902. Last year it was $2,280. So 71% uh, 71% more on groceries. Is that where, I guess that's the USDA number. Uh, but the, the poll says it's even higher than that. The USDA number uh, says we're going to spend $3,900 on groceries compared to just under $2,300 last year. This poll um, finds that the average, this study finds that the average American will spend 71% more on groceries. Bottom line is we're spending a lot more on groceries this year than we did last. The most expensive cities, New York, Oakland and Honolulu, which is not a big surprise because a lot of most things are more expensive in Honolulu because you got to ship them all the way across the ocean. The city with the least expensive groceries, Cincinnati, which is kind of interesting. Cincinnati. And uh, let's see, what else did I have here? I thought there was uh, there was something else um, I had. I guess that was uh, pretty much it. As I'll leave you on that note, Cincinnati, the least expensive place to get groceries. So take a road trip. There you go. Uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. 
Partly cloudy today with a high in the mid-80s. Partly cloudy tonight, a low around 70. Former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder has been sentenced to 20 years in prison for his role in the biggest corruption scandal in state history. A jury convicted Householder and lobbyist Matt Borges, ex-chair of the Ohio Republican Party, of racketeering in April. Jurors found Householder orchestrated a $60 million bribery scheme secretly funded by Akron-based First Energy to secure the speakership, elect allies, and then pass and defend a $1 billion bailout of two First Energy-affiliated nuclear plants. Kate Burdett, ONN News. Hancock County Job and Family Services is again offering its fall school clothing program this year. This program will give families up to $225 per child for the school year for clothing. It's open to eligible families in Hancock County. Those eligibility factors include residing in Hancock County, having school-age children between the ages of 5 and 18, and be at or below 150% of the federal poverty level. Job and Family Services Director Randall Galbraith says people are welcome to call for more information or stop by their offices on County Road 140. Get more details in this story on our website. Blanchard Valley Health System says Blanchard Valley Pain Management has expanded its services to provide pain management care in Kenton. The new office is located at 75 Washington Boulevard in Kenton and is now scheduling patients. BVHS says the Kenton location joins others in the region, meaning pain management treatment is now available throughout Northwest Ohio. Get more details with this story on our website. The Major League Soccer All-Star Game is coming to Ohio's capital city. The crew are officially hosting the All-Star Game in 2024. As Don Garber said many times, as well as the governor and the mayor, this is not just an All-Star Game for Columbus. This is an All-Star Week. And it was an All-Star cast of everybody who helped the crew, saved the crew five years ago, getting a chance to truly celebrate where this club has come. The All-Star Game will be played on the crew's home field on July 17th, 2024. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, this Independence Day, meet the soldier next door, and it might not be who you expect. The U.S. Army in 2023 looks a lot like the U.S. as a whole, a melting pot of many cultural backgrounds, experiences, and passions, and joining us to share more about today's Army and his own path to service is Army Public Affairs Officer Major Shaheen Udin. Thank you for your service, and thank you for your time in joining us this morning, sir. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So how does a native of Bangladesh, such as yourself, end up in the U.S. Army? What was your path to service? Excellent question. So I immigrated to the United States when I was 12 years old, um, and in high school, I actually participated in the junior ROTC program. Okay. And then later on in college, I participated in the ROTC program. And it was during that time that I joined the United States Army Reserve um, in an effort to help me pay for my college education. And then in 2008, I completed my college education and I had the opportunity to commission to the Army as an active duty officer. And since then, I've been on this wonderful journey with the Army uh, thus far. And it also says here in my notes that you are a father of 12. 12! So uh, I would imagine that you got to figure at this point there's nothing that the Army can throw at you that you can't handle. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. You're absolutely right. You read the number correctly. 
Uh, there's nothing that's challenging out there. <laughs> You've got it all beat right there. Uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> though, uh, w- when you talk to people, what are the what are they most surprised by with respect to the individuals who serve in the Army today? So I, I think oftentimes when people think about the people that are serving in the military, they just think of this uh, notional figure, like this superhero figure. Really, it's not. It's the Army is a reflection of the American population, the melting pot that you mentioned earlier, which I think is fantastic because uh, U.S. Army soldiers come from all walks of life, representing many different ethnic, ethnic groups, creed, and or culture. Many of us are also first-generation Americans, yeah. including myself. In 2022, 48% of America's target recruiting uh, audiences, uh, recruiting audiences are from multicultural backgrounds. So that's hmm. nearly 50% that year that kind of are reflective of U.S. population, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's really cool that it's, you know, it's people to your left and right, your neighbors, your coworkers that are actually potentially serving in the military because they're maybe in the Army Reserve or Army National Guard. Sure. Um, and, and of course, there have always been misconceptions uh, that we civilians have about what it means to be a soldier, what military life is like. What are are some of the biggest ones that you find today that people don't really know or understand fully? So I think one of the largest one that uh, for today is uh, when you think of army, you think of combat. Really, that's that's a small fraction of what we do as service members. But what they don't know is that the army soldiers are applying their passion and skills to more than two hundred careers in wide range of specialty areas. I mean, we have scientists, we have medics, we have cyber specialists, culinary specialists, engineers, pilots, and on and on and on. We also offer a wealth. Uh, uh, wealth of benefits that can help today's youth achieve their personal professional goals, uh, which include uh, pension plan, home buying benefits, 30 days of paid annual vacation, paid parental leave, whether they're looking to build a rewarding career, continuing their education, starting a family or traveling the world, the Army is committed to helping you build the future you're looking for. Let me ask you this. What were your biggest surprises about military life and the people that you serve with? What was different from your expectation going in? Um, so really, I went in relatively blind because I, I, I joined, like I said, in, in an effort to pursue money for uh, yeah. college education. So I had very little expectation. When I, when I did join, I was remarkably surprised by how welcoming and how much of a team it is. You know, we're all unified under the same principles, same army values. Um, and, and that, that unifies us, that, that all of us are encouraged and, and, and pursuing the same thing. Uh, but the uniqueness of each individual still remains and is alive because that is what makes this army so great because all of us bring our personal experiences, culture, uh, religion, you name it, and bring that to it and bring to the problems that the common problems that we're trying to uh, address in the United States Army. You know, it's kind of interesting you mentioned that because how often have we heard that uh, our diversity is our strength in this country and, you know, right there in the military, you can see that that is not just a cliche, uh, that it actually uh, is true. 
Uh, obviously, as the military grows more diverse, the personal needs and the personal expectations become more diverse as well. How is the Army modernizing to support those needs of a new generation? So the Army would not be what it is without the people in it. So that is why the people are the, is our number one priority. And the Army continues to evolve to meet the needs of today's modern soldiers. One of the things that we have in place is the Future Soldier Preparatory Course, which is tackling eligibility by helping prospects improve physical fitness or academic performance. And then the Army also has a new directive on parenthood, pregnancy, and postpartum, changing the ways that the Army supports soldiers and their families. Additionally, the Army has a new grooming appearance and tattoo standards, This gives our soldiers more opportunities to express who they are as individuals and their culture, and which I think is very vital. Really fascinating stuff uh, about today's Army. It is very much different than maybe what you think it is or even what it once was. Uh, Again, Army Public Affairs Officer Major Shaheen Udin with us this morning. Where do folks go to learn more? Absolutely. So for more information on how you can be all you can be in the Army, visit GoArmy.com or find a local recruiter and talk with them. Major Udin, thanks very much once again for your service and thanks for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. So you may remember when this was in the news earlier this year, during the pandemic, some of the rules surrounding eligibility for Medicaid and CHIP were suspended. But now, with the pandemic over, they have gone back to the way things were before, and a fair number of individuals, families, and children either have lost or will lose their health care coverage under these programs. So to help fill that gap, a temporary marketplace special enrollment period is being provided on healthcare.gov. And joining us this morning with what you need to know about it is Sharon Graham, Regional Administrator for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So Sharon, like we said, the rules on eligibility renewal actually reverted back earlier this year. Have all of those who no longer qualify been removed from those programs by now? In other words, if someone is still on Medicaid or CHIP at this point, Can you say that they are likely not going to be bumped off, or might that still happen? Well, good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me today. Um, People currently may still have their Medicaid coverage, and in fact, the eligibility redeterminations that you spoke of are happening over a 12-month period or so, and will wrap up um, in around May of 2024. So people who currently still are covered by Ohio Medicaid or Healthy Start may still have their coverage in place. However, it's important to know that all people should be sure that their most up-to-date contact information has been registered with the state. So Mm. be in contact with the state to make sure your contact information is up-to-date, and then watch your mailbox for a renewal form to come in the mail. And as soon as you receive that renewal form from Ohio Medicaid, be sure to complete it and return it back so you can ensure that you have no break in coverage. So that is uh, one of the first very important points uh, to make mention of, even though this was uh, very much in the news several months ago, just because you're not hearing about it as much anymore, don't necessarily think that this doesn't apply to you. Oh, I'm safe because they're still going through this process. So what coverage options would someone have uh, if 
they have lost or are losing their Medicaid or CHIP coverage? Well, we're encouraging all people who lose Medicaid or CHIP coverage to go to healthcare.gov to see if they're eligible to enroll in low-cost quality health plans that are in the marketplace at healthcare.gov. And then thanks to a new law called the Inflation Reduction Act, that extended what we're calling enhanced financial help for people to purchase health care coverage at healthcare.gov. Yeah. And we're finding that about four out of five customers can find plans for $10 or less a month after um, applying for and being determined eligible for that expanded financial assistance. So that was going to be my next question. Obviously, those who are on Medicaid or CHIP, uh, it's it's because of their income uh issues and that's you know the those uh, programs so you know the idea of going out and purchasing a plan uh, might seem rather daunting how would someone find out uh, what financial assistance they might uh, qualify for mm-hmm. uh, through healthcare.gov mm-hmm. yeah well, that's a great question and in fact by going to healthcare.gov the system has been it's very streamlined, seamless, and, and easy to use. So people will find that as they're entering information at healthcare.gov, that the application process is very straightforward. And they should be able to apply for um, a health plan at healthcare.gov that meets their needs and have it be effective the first day of the next month. So uh, one-stop shop, as it were. And again, mm-hmm. uh, that was the next question. How soon would uh, the healthcare.gov coverage start? You say as, as soon as the first of the, the following month. Is that different if someone lost Medicaid, say, back in May and have not been covered by any health plan since? Is there a waiting period if you were currently uncovered? Well, we always encourage people to ensure that they have seamless health care coverage to apply as soon as possible. And people will have up through 60 days actually following submitting their application at healthcare.gov to select a plan. But again, we want to make sure that people are um, entitled to and receiving the health care insurance that is available to them. So to always uh, return that Medicaid renewal form as soon as they see it in the mail. And if they're no longer eligible for Medicaid, to go to healthcare.gov to make their health insurance effective. And uh, again, as you mentioned, uh, just to reiterate this, one stop uh, there at the website where you can do all of that. And how long would that uh, likely take? Well, the shopping experience at healthcare.gov is very uh, very seamless. We worked really hard to streamline that application. People should come prepared with information about their um, income, for example, because that will help us determine whether the uh, person is eligible to apply for the enhanced financial assistance. Okay. And so that's really important. Um, but if people need help... Um, talking with somebody, for example, rather than going online. We also have a 1-800 number that's very helpful, and it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's 1-800-318-2596. So that's helpful. Uh, with respect to uh, to that, there is also, I understand, uh, places where people can find local help within their own community in many cases. Sure. We have what are called local navigators in communities throughout Ohio. And you can find your local navigator, 
several ways. First, you can, of course, go to healthcare.gov. And at that website, you can click on a link called Find Local Help and enter your area to find that navigator. Or again, you can call the 1-800-318-2596 number, and they'll be happy to point you in the right direction for a local navigator. So however you are most comfortable in navigating this process, either uh, on your own right at the uh, website, you mentioned the phone number, uh, or people can go and sit down with someone in person locally and help sort all of that out. And uh, again, are we talking about can all this be done in uh, an hour or two? I mean, again, how uh, long should this generally take? I think it would be best if people would budget at least an hour of their time so that they can thoughtfully go through the questions and also compare the options that are available to you. About 94% of people can find at least three health plans in their area. And so it's important for people to shop carefully and find the health plan that's right for them. And I I guess that should have maybe been something we were talking about earlier, but just as uh, maybe a bit of a postscript here, uh, multiple plans, does that mean... I mean, how different are these plans? What is included and how different are uh, these plans from one to the next? Yeah. Well, all the plans at healthcare.gov offer a wide range of health benefits, and they all have to cover at least 10 categories of what we call essential health benefits. So, for example, ambulatory care, that's outpatient care, emergency services, hospitalization, mental health, prescription drugs, lab services, things like that. So, uh, people can always find comprehensive care. The plans will be different. And so that's why it's important to shop for a plan that best needs not only the person's health care needs, but also their budget. And again, with respect to the time, uh, because that's the thing that, you know, everybody wants to know how long is this going to take, you know, uh, budgeting at least an hour or two, but taking as much time as it needs to make sure that you uh, investigate fully uh, all of your options, obviously. And again, uh, we're talking about the special enrollment period in the marketplace, specifically for those who have or will soon be losing their Medicare or their uh, Medicaid and uh, CHIP uh, coverage. Again, Sharon Graham is regional administrator for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services uh, with us this morning. Sharon, thanks very much for the uh, information, important stuff for people to know. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Have a nice day. So as we wrap up the month of June, it is time once again to look back at the people, places, and things that most captured our attention over the past month. And joining us this morning is Google search trends expert, Christina Basilio. Christina, want to kind of go one by one through some of the categories here, starting with entertainment, where people apparently could not get enough of the Spider-Man movie. Yes, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was the top searched um, topic in our entertainment space. Um, And for folks that don't know, this is a thrilling sequel to the Oscar award winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And this month, searches for topics like, is the multiverse real? Doubles. <laughs> so everybody getting into uh, this in the category of culture. Obviously, the uh, two big events in June were Pride Month and Juneteenth. So no real big surprises uh, in terms of the overall subjects. But what are people interested in with respect to those those two things? Yeah. So for Pride Month, we see that folks are really interested in ways of giving back. And so what we've seen year over year is that nonprofits like the Trevor Project. Seem to spike in the month of June. Hmm. And 
specifically for Juneteenth, people I think are also trying to get a little bit more educated. Some of the top asked questions around Juneteenth is what is it? Is it a federal holiday? And people are really interested in why it's called Juneteenth. And so for folks that don't know, it's because they combine the word June and 19th to make right. it Juneteenth. Yeah. Uh, pretty predictable in the science category as well, where air quality uh, was the top, top topic of the month. We've been dealing with that here in uh, our neck of the woods just this week. And obviously, we're not alone. Yeah. So U.S. searches for what does hazardous air quality mean more than quadrupled this month. And we saw that people were really searching for ways to help and to stay safe. Um, people were asking Google if masks could help with air quality right. or do air purifiers help with wildfire smoke? Now, uh, again, especially in this part of the country, you would expect that would be maybe an, an everyday type of search in smog filled cities. But in our part of Northwest Ohio, this is something that is a little unusual for us. Uh, I, I'm wondering when we talk about the science category, is that the category where the Ocean Gate sub tragedy popped up too? I mean, it might be a little bit early from that since I know it just recently happened, but how can you get a sense of how much people were searching about that? Yeah, so people come to Google all the time to search for things, and what happened with that submarine was no different. If you want to learn more, if you go to google.com slash trends, you can see all the things that are spiking, but specifically um, terms like Titanic wreck location or 1,200, 500 feet in meters, those type of questions were the things that we saw. That yeah, I, I, the reason I ask about that is because one of the questions that came up with respect to the news coverage about that Titan sub was whether what happened would make people think twice about these extreme adventures, and then there were a lot of people who predicted the exact opposite would would happen. So I'm wondering if uh, you've seen any discernible trends with respect to everything from diving the Titanic to going to space, you know, that kind of thing. So we didn't see anything specifically around that. But I think one thing that popped up that interested me was all of a sudden there was a lot of interest specifically in the Titanic. Yeah. People were asking, like, why did it sink? How far down is it? So I think there may be some more interest in these type of topics. And I wonder if this will maybe bolster some more interest in, like, history and, like you said, science topics. Yeah. Uh, we shift to sports. We had the NBA and NHL championships this month. The hockey question I thought was uh, was interesting. How much does the Stanley Cup weigh? I wouldn't have thought about that, but apparently a lot of people did. Yeah, neither did I. This was a breakout search in the U.S., and I don't know how much it weighs, but now that I think about it, would I, I don't know if I'm strong enough yeah. to lift it over my right. head. You I, know? Guess, I guess we can Google it and find out. Uh, and, <laughs> then, and then it also says here, with respect to the NBA, that it says LeBron James was actually the top trending athlete related to the NBA championship, and he wasn't even in it. He wasn't even in it. But I think the interesting thing with LeBron, although he was the top trending athlete, the NBA championship really brought up some interesting questions. Like, was this the Nuggets' first championship? Mm -hmm. People wanted to know how many teams have never even won a championship. Spoiler alert, that's 11. And for our Boston Celtic fans, you should be proud because people were interested on what team has the most NBA championships. There you and go. they have seven. <laughs> uh, the odd news category, 
uh, just kind of a catch-all for everything, outdoor recreation, uh, camping and hiking specifically, and the housing market, uh, which, again, probably not a surprise if you think tight inventory, rising interest rates, those are some of the things that just kind of popped up in that catch-all category. Yeah, so what we were seeing, and I think this correlates with things getting warmer, are people are ready to get outdoors. So one thing that we saw was what is the top recreational um, activity that people are interested in and fishing near me showed up across most of the U S and then when people are thinking about camping and hiking, they're starting to think about, you know, what to do around the campfire. So songs like take me home country, country road, (laughs) became a little songs on how to play okay very cool very cool and uh we would be remiss if we didn't mention food especially with the fourth of july coming up and it seems like uh people have already started to think about the fourth of july what they're going to be doing what they're going to be cooking you have a ranking of the most searched red white and blue foods we had cookies we had charcuterie boards and fruit salad but the breakthrough search in the past week was something called a cheesecake salad have you heard of this now that is a new one on me yeah so i did a little research a cheesecake salad is essentially a fruit salad with all of the filling of a cheesecake so think of it more of eating it like a pudding so okay a new take on old favorite for sure interesting and uh, speaking of which along those same lines uh this is one that i saw that i'm gonna have to look up myself s'mores dip. Yes. So I think this is coming from people just trying to reinvent their favorite things. So s'mores dip was the most searched dip for July 4th, uh, which has your old classic favorite of a s'more, which is made into a dip. A couple other interesting ones that I saw are the bruschetta dip and a classic, which is that buffalo chicken dip. All right. So there you go. Some of the uh, top search trends for the month of June. Uh, Google search trends expert Christina Christina Basilio with us uh, this morning. And of course, uh, all of this stuff is on the uh, Google search trends web section of your website, right? Yes. If you want to search and see what people are looking for, just go to google.com slash trends and you'll see everything that's going on. Christina, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Our dumb criminal of the day comes to uh, comes to us from actually from Ireland. There's a report in the Irish Post. Uh, Patrick Sweeney was pulled over by police for using his cell phone behind the wheel. Just like in this country, that's illegal. Can't use your phone while you're behind the wheel. So he was uh, pulled over. When police approached the vehicle, they got a whiff of cannabis, which is also illegal. (laughs) Then they searched the vehicle and stumbled upon a whopping load of cocaine (laughs) in the car. Uh, they assumed it was, it was Coke. The white substance was forensically tested and sure enough, it turned out to be blow with an estimated street value of about (laughs) $50,000. Mr. Sweeney pleaded guilty with possession to possession with intent to supply class A drugs and has now been sentenced to six years in prison. All because he was chatting on his cell phone behind the wheel. <laughs> How many times have we said it? If you're if you're a criminal, if you've got fifty thousand dollars worth of drugs in your car, 
you you really should behave yourself behind the wheel. Obey every traffic law. You know, don't. Yeah. He was probably on the phone with somebody bragging about how he got away with it. And <laughs> then he didn't. A uh, close runner up in terms of dumb criminals. Uh, this is in Torrance, California, where Tyranny Millet got tired of waiting in line at the Bank of America branch where she does her banking. And I think we've all had that experience where, you know, where it seems like we're waiting in line forever and there are additional, in this case, uh, the bank, there are additional teller stations and, you know, there are people behind the counter, but they're not helping people. They're just scurrying about trying to look busy, not really doing anything. You see it in businesses of all types. In this case, it happened to be the bank. And so she was uh, getting a little impatient, thinking that she had been waiting too long to get to the uh, teller. And uh, so she finally uh, got had had enough, and she screamed out loud, I'm going to blow this place up. And then she went outside and threw a Molotov cocktail into the bank branch. <laughs> That's, I think, what any reasonable person would do, don't you? I mean, that's exactly what... <clears throat> fix this problem. A Molotov cocktail into the bank. <clears throat> the manager called police after Ms. Millette left. Um, she, uh, let's see here, she... Oh, the manager, after she said she was going to blow the place up, the manager called police, Ms. Millette left, and then returned with the Molotov cocktail, which she threw into the uh, bank, uh, and started a fire that a customer was able to put out. No serious injuries in the whole thing. But Ms. Millette uh, is uh, now facing a lengthy prison sentence. By the way, when the cops showed up, after she threw... <laughs> to make Just to add the icing on the cake, after she tossed the Molotov cocktail into the bank, she attempted to escape... And crashed her getaway car on the way out. <laughs> crashed her getaway car on the way out. So, there you go. <clears throat> Just to make things worse. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is not necessarily a dumb criminal, but a dumb person. A tourist at Yellowstone National Park was apparently shocked to discover that the park's iconic hot springs are, in fact, hot. And quite hot. A video posted to Instagram shows a pair of park guests who had climbed off a nearby boardwalk, inching down toward the scalding water. By the way, the hot springs can reach temperatures approaching the boiling point. And, uh... Number of park in, uh, visitors have been injured in the past. Some have even been killed by the hot springs. So they're not messing around here. But these guests apparently had to find out for themselves. When one of the tourists reached out and touched the hot spring, she immediately recoiled, ran back toward the boardwalk, shouting, It's hot! It's very hot! Yeah, no kidding. That's why they call it the hot springs. Oh, man. This is how you can tell people who, you know, tourists who just don't get out of the house often enough. That's it. Uh, let's see. 
residents of Kansas City, Kansas, uh, one neighborhood in Kansas City, uh, have a bit of a problem that they're hoping has been resolved now. Apparently, this neighborhood, people in this neighborhood, the entire neighborhood, they have not received their mail for two months, all because of a vicious dog, so says the postal, uh, the post office, the letter carrier, um, in the area of South 46th Terrace. Residents say mail stopped back in late April after the post office sent a letter saying a dog was creating hazardous work conditions and the people in the neighborhood had to take care of it or they would not get their mail. Here's the problem. There are no dogs in the neighborhood. <laughs> the, the residents of the neighborhood say we don't have any dogs uh, in this neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> the, the U.S. Postal Service says mail delivery will resume because the dog situation has been resolved, but they did not elaborate on these specifics. <laughs> Maybe they had a wrong address, which is kind of ironic for the Postal Service, don't you think? And finally, in the broken news this morning, a couple of good news stories. You might have heard about this when it popped up in my Google feed the other day. Uh, a very lucky traveler leaving Las Vegas with more than a million dollars. Apparently, this guy was playing the slots while waiting for his flight on Tuesday and hit a jackpot of more than $1.3 million at an airport slot machine. <laughs> so you go to Vegas, you don't even have to go to the Strip. Just stay in the airport. I've often said, you know you know when you have arrived in the, at the Las Vegas airport. <laughs> there is no mistaking it. You get off the plane, you know you're in Vegas because there are slot machines everywhere, even at the airport. Um, the uh, jackpot, $1.3 million. Harry Reid International Airport has more than 1,400 slot machines for visitors to take one last shot uh, at winning big before heading home. And this guy did. That is all kinds of awesome. And on a similar note, in Iowa, Tammy Gordy won the $2 million Powerball prize um, and was one of the first uh, was one of the first of three big lottery winners in a 48-hour period. Her ticket matched the first five numbers, missed the Powerball, so she didn't win the huge jackpot. She won $2 million. Uh, the odds, 11 one in 11.7 million. So she beat some incredible odds. And here's the best part. She and her husband say they plan to use the money to finish rebuilding their home after a tornado destroyed it some years back. Isn't that awesome? So they've been uh, rebuilding their home after the tornado. They won $2 million in the Powerball. You gotta love when good things happen to people like that. There you go. That is today's Broken News Report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small, as an advertiser. You have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. 
Our daily download this morning, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Independence Day right around the corner and Gallup has published their annual look at how patriotic Americans are feeling coming up on the July 4th holiday. 39% of the people in this country said that they were extremely proud to be an American. Just 39%. But that is up one percentage point from last year at 38%, which was an all-time low. So we're a little bit higher, but still, we got a ways to go here. Interesting to note that after the events of 9-11, between 2002 and 2004, the number of people who said that they were extremely proud of being American was between 65 and 70%. So we have really fallen off in the past couple of decades. Currently, 67% of Americans say they are either extremely or very proud of living in this country. The finding from the June Gallup poll also notes that this feeling of patriotism is once again reflected in party affiliation. Probably not a surprise, right? Republicans have consistently been more likely than their Democrat counterparts to express pride in being an American. In fact, Gallup says party, affilia- party affiliation is the strongest demographic differentiator in expressions of national pride. When you look at all of the things that can identify individuals in terms of their overall patriotism, the way they responded in the poll, and you break all of the different categories down, uh, party affiliation is the biggest determiner. 60% of Republicans say that they are extremely proud to be from the U.S. of A. Just 29% of Democrats say the same. And by the way, in this poll, independents this year weighed in at an all-time low at just 33%. So, not a whole lot of encouraging news in that latest uh, patriotism poll from the folks at Gallup. We've got a ways to go. And now, once again, to wrap up the week, we have another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. And my wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio this morning with a terrific collection of recipes for your 4th of July cookout, your backyard campfire, you know, something Camping, if you're going camping. Yeah, if you're going camping. Whatever you're doing. And what better all-American recipes... But burritos and nachos. I mean, that's that's right but there. These are it like is so easy. I mean, it's just like the on the breakfast burritos you can make like before you go, and then, then well, you just do them on your the campfire. Thing. I mean, you you think yeah. burritos and nachos, and you think, well, those aren't American, but it's the Americans that created breakfast burritos. Yes, breakfast burritos are an American culinary treat. <laughs> uh, just ask any. Uh, uh, anyone Any from uh, from Mexico, or it's, I They're mean, like, we have appropriated yeah. the uh, burrito yes. and turned it into a breakfast, breakfast burrito. Burrito instead of beans, so, you use eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the camping breakfast burritos. Yes. So four large uh, flour tortillas. If you don't want to use the large ones, if you want to use the medium ones, then eight of those. Okay. Uh, which is kind of easier um, when you're taking than camping. 
uh, for because especially with the kids. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good so point. Uh, four potatoes uh, peeled, chopped, and cooked. One pound of bacon browned and crumbled. Eight eggs scrambled. One and a half. Um, to one and a half to one cup of cheddar cheese grated, a pinch of salt and pepper, green onion sliced. Then your toppings are your salsa or your taco sauce uh, and your sour cream. Okay. Um, So mix all your cooked ingredients together, uh, fold in a tortilla, wrap in foil, um, add to a a plastic zipper bag or portal portable container until you're ready to serve them. So you can put them in the fridge because if you... You know, they're more compact. You can put them in your little fridge if you have it in your so you cook all the in your stuff. cooler. So you cook yes. all the stuff, and then you put that in the bag. You, Correct. You cook it before you leave if right. you're camping. Yeah, make your burritos. Gotcha. And then all you have to do is warm it up. Then all you have to do is... Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, when I did it, um, I individually did each one of the burritos in its own little foil pack. Oh, okay. So, and do it that way, so too. So wrap them each in their own little foil pack. Well, yeah, and then, then you don't even have to take them out of the foil right, pack. Right, right. Uh, Right, you just can put them right on your on your stove or on your, your fire, yeah, your however stove, you're campfire, you're whatever. warming them up, yeah. and then that makes uh, it really easy. Yep, cook ten to fifteen minutes until the cheese is melting. Serve, enjoy. As simple as that. Yeah, really it easy. Is as literally as simple as that yes. for your camping breakfast burritos. Yeah, it's the prep beforehand. Right. Yeah, and even that is it's not that not bad. That much. Making yeah. scrambled eggs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, campfire grilled nachos. Yes. So this. Um, um, I I love doing this. This one was a fun one. So one pound of ground beef, one one ounce package of taco seasoning, one 13 ounce package of tortilla chips, one 15 ounce can of black beans, uh, three cups of cheddar cheese, uh, two Roma ch- tomatoes chopped, one small onion chopped, an avocado chopped, lettuce shredded, and your sour cream. Those are kind of your toppings. So in a pan, cook and crumble uh, one pound ground beef until no longer pink, drain excess grease. Add uh, three tablespoons of taco seasoning and a third cup of water. Stir to combine. Assemble the nachos by placing a layer of your tortilla chips in the bottom of a foil pan or cast iron skillet. I I used our cast iron skillet when I did it. Um, add a layer of beef, cheese, beans. Um, keep doing that. Uh, then cover the pan with a piece of uh, aluminum foil. Uh, crimp around the edges, place on uh, your campfire, on your grill. I did ours on the grill. Uh, uh, don't place it directly over open flames. Um, you want like a grid uh, because your your tortillas are just going to, or your uh, chips are just going to burn. So just to clarify uh, yeah. on that, you're going to put those, you put them in the uh, iron I skillet. Put, I put them in the iron skillet. And is that enough? Then you can put that on the grade or you need mm, something yeah, on else? Yeah, that, that's on the grade. But don't put it directly like in a fire. Okay. So, so have gotcha. a grade. So, so it's not like toasting a marshmallow. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Unless so, you want burnt nachos. Right. Because everything else, the burnt nachos, the nachos are going to be burnt and the rest of the stuff is going to be cold because that just, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's just okay. not going to work right. Yeah. So, uh, so place it on a grate on your campfire or on your grill. Um, and then, um, It'll take anywhere to 15 to 30 minutes, depending with our grill. It took like 15 minutes. So, because I had the grill covered and all that. So, um, So an open campfire might take a little bit longer. Yep. So, peel back the corner of the foil, make sure the nachos are good and, and everything is nice and yummy and warm. Pull the pan off the, off the fire and, um, 
put your favorite toppings on top of it and enjoy. All right. Um, so again, and to emphasize this, the ground beef uh, is already cooked. Yep, yep. it's already. So again, cooked and you're crumbled. just. Yes. warming that up correct you're just warming you don't have everything to worry up. about whether it's right. been cooked all the way through because right. you've already cooked it prior to grilling it yes. so note of that yep and that, and that is really good yeah that is uh, really good stuff and then uh, for dessert we have a traditional campfire uh s'mores recipe these are s'mores cones yes so these are s'mores in a cone instead of uh the graham crackers yeah. so so 12 sugar or waffle cones a bag of mini marshmallows and 12 ounce of your chocolate chips so fill each cone with marshmallows and chocolate chips uh wrap uh each of the filled cones with aluminum foil heat 350 degrees in an oven or on your grill or on in your fire your campfire yep. yeah so and uh then just unwrap. long enough to yeah. melt everything melt everything which um seven to ten minutes not that long and if that. yeah yeah depending on how hot your yeah. fire is exactly yep unwrap and enjoy and be careful of contents could be hot so <laughs> so so but the chocolate chips and the marshmallows go in chips the in into the cone, in the wrap cone, it up in the aluminum foil, and, and you're good to go. Yes, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> uh, simple uh, recipe. The kids will love it. It's a, I yeah. would I would imagine probably a little less messy. Yeah. than standard s'mores. Right, which is a bit of a bonus yeah. for mom and dad. Yeah. So the camping breakfast burritos, the campfire grilled nachos, and the s'mores cones recipes are all posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. Um, And you can like the page to get all of uh, Kyra's recipes. If you have a recipe that you would like to share, you can email it to us. You can post it on the uh, Facebook page and share it that way. Uh, If you want to email it to us, it's goodmornings at WFIN.com. And if there's a recipe you're looking for... Uh, then by all means, let us know as well. Either uh, post your request on the uh, Facebook page or you can email us. We'll (laughs) see if we can dig something up for you. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. And we want to thank all our guests for joining us on the program this morning, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media. You can sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. Again, goodmornings.net is our little corner of the World Wide Web. No podcast next week. We're going to take the entire week off to celebrate the holiday, a little R&R. So the next Good Mornings podcast will be a week from Monday, July 10th. So... Until then, that is good mornings for this morning. And now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great holiday, fantastic week. We'll catch you back here Monday, July 10th.